Hello world, it's time to cue the coach. The world we are living in today has been spiraling out of control for decades in such a way that we are all losing our minds, risking our health daily, and choking on the ashes of a dying paradigm. You don't want to continue living in fear or in conformity to someone else's version of reality, do you? I know I'm done, and I've been done for quite some time now. Wellness needs an advocate. Holistic health, that is. It's time that we rise to the challenge of creating a brand new world with the fiery passion of a phoenix rising from the ashes. What beautiful essence do you possess that this world desperately needs? On this podcast, that is what we are here to find out. Together, let's unlock the pure potential from within. And as Gandhi said, let's be the change we wish to see in this world. And here we go. Episode 25, Physical Transformation. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Cue the Coach. I'm so happy to tell you that I finally completed the chakra meditation series that I was working on so that I can now get into some real-world examples of how approaching life holistically can and does benefit each of us in huge ways. It was a lot of fun creating that chakra meditation series. It certainly was, and I'm absolutely going to do some more with that in the future. It's going to be more advanced and more detailed and you know, a lot more specific in different pieces of like what has to do with the physical chakra and stuff. But uh, that's it for now, so I can get into some other topics that are near and dear to me. So I hope you enjoyed those meditations so far, even if in just the slightest way. And if you haven't had the opportunity to, please go ahead and check out those as well. That was the previous seven episodes just before this one. So I covered some pretty good ground to get you started in uncovering the truths about our natural energy system and demystified the woo-woo out of it as best as I could. I'll absolutely return to them later, as I said, though, in other episodes. So we could talk about the physical body systems and their intercorrelation with the chakras and how to really optimize your health through awareness and conscious intention with them which I'm still going to touch on a bit today in today's topic anyway. So today we're going to dive deeper into the realm of mind over matter. Holistic health is what this podcast is all about, and today's topic is one that I'm sure will be a favorite. Physical transformation. So who doesn't want to, at some point in their life, change the way they look, whether it's to lose weight, to firm themselves up, to just get more physically active, So this is going to be some real-world example stuff. So here we go here. When we started, or when I started this podcast, I weighed 210 pounds. That was just about a year ago. Today, I weigh 168 pounds. Now, you'd be surprised as to how I did that if you're not familiar with metaphysical teachings because it's far from traditional weight loss. So what does the word metaphysical mean anyway? I just want to clarify that in case you're not familiar with that term, right? So metaphysics 
is a branch of philosophy that looks closely into the fundamental nature of reality. It's about the intrinsic correlation between mind and body. It pits potential reality up against actual, already created 3D reality. So the word metaphysical comes from two Greek words that translate as after or behind the study of the natural. Sounds like Greek to me. How about you? (laughs) So more aptly, I would describe it as the study of first cause and how mind as first cause moves and creates matter. And then how the observation of matter can actually alter it to become more like what we hold in our consciousness and our individual use of mind, which is collective. So let me tell you how I've applied this in my own life to lose 42 pounds in a year. The way I've applied metaphysics is to apply the understanding that true reality lives in the mind, which is a universal energy that we all tap into as humans. The physical 3D reality we experience is the outpicturing of what we first develop in the mind. When we download it into our brains, use our consciousness to affirm it, and then allow it to take hold in the subconscious mind. Those things that we all see are those things in which the collective consciousness of the all of humanity believes to be true and agrees to, to some degree, right? Obviously, everybody has their own slight different version of reality based on their own individualized experiences. But for example, if you go to the same Wawa every day to get your coffee, you absolutely know that Wawa is going to be there. Your coffee is going to be there. There's going to be a cashier there. We all agree to that stuff. So it's, it's very easy because that's the obvious stuff. We, we, we see it. We believe it. You don't even have to be studying metaphysics to know, yeah, that Wawa is going to be there. But this is a lot deeper than that. So what is the job then of our use of the conscious mind as individuals? The job of the conscious mind is to choose what to observe and to focus on these thoughts and observations with intention, not just by accident or by happenstance or by just droning on through our day, right? So let me give you a concrete example. For my body, my goal was to weigh 173 pounds with very little fat and to increase lean muscle mass. That's about as specific as I got a year ago. So when I did that, I didn't hop on the scale every day or look in the mirror every day at the body I already had. This body was already created by just ignoring any idea of body image before that. And I mean, after all, 210 pounds for a guy that's 5'11 wasn't so bad anyway. But I had a goal, and I knew I could apply metaphysics to obtain it. Now I weigh even less than my goal weight, and you may think it's a miracle when I tell you how I did it. In truth, it's quite scientific, but on a quantum physical scale or on a quantum physics scale. So if you've never heard of quantum physics, that's okay too, because I'm going to get into that a little bit later in the episode as far as what you need to know about it as it pertains to this episode. So if the conscious mind, if if the conscious mind's job is to focus our attention on a specific thought, what are the thoughts I'm holding in my mind that I've held onto so strongly that they have become subconsciously programmed into my psyche as my own personal reality. That is a very, very important thing for all of us to be able to do, to be able to really know and take charge of what we're thinking about every day. 
So taking control of this comes down to positive affirmations, but not just some spoken positive affirmation, some spoken positive affirm affirmative words, rather. It, it's more than that. Way more than that. So much. <laughs> when you look around at this outer world, you see planes, trains, and automobiles. Great movie, by the way. You see high-rises, smartphones, tablets, computers, medical advances, and you see athletes performing unbelievable feats. How do you think these things manifested into existence? How do you think these people did that? How do you think these things actually came to be? The inventors of these objects and the athletic performance of these people was created first in their own individualized use of the mind. And then the ideas for them became a burning desire to each individual, an obsession to see them through and to be more and more and more clear on those goals. So they saw their clear goals in their mind's eye and then went to work taking action to support their vision, holding their beliefs and emotions steadfast on the result. That's the only way we actually make forward progress. So I was actually watching the Pixar film the other night with my kids, Cars. And in this movie, just to give you a quick example, the main character, Lightning McQueen, is seen often visualizing crossing the finish line in a NASCAR-style race, saying things like, there is only one winner, two losers. And in his mind, he was hyper-focused on the end result, which was to be the number one slot. And he was able to obtain his desires over and over again, so long as he could continue to focus his attention, emotions, and beliefs on the end results he desired. Now, of course, in that movie... Lightning McQueen is super egotistical and arrogant in the beginning of the movie, but once he really realizes what true greatness is, and he starts to envelop that, he becomes even more of a fantastic racer. Now, I know this is just a car. It's a, a personified car that looks like a, a human car that talks, and that's not reality. But the message is very, very clear. The message is very, very simple. So... This is often that simple thing that we miss when we fail to achieve our goals. We tend to focus on what we don't have, our failures, our sadness, our regret, our low self-worth and low self-esteem. We focus on what already is and how we feel right now rather than on that in which we wish to create, especially if we encounter failure over and over again, right? And it gets, it gets tough to, to hold on to that, that positive thinking when you're in the middle of the shit. The marathon runners that win never focus on their flaws, their doubts, or their fears, or their pains. They look at failure as an obvious obstacle to overcome. Architects don't focus on the land or existing structures that are there when they're preparing their projects. They focus on seeing their finished product, mapping it all out, holding that vision in their minds. They write it down. They, they visualize in their mind what it's going to look like how they'll feel when it's accomplished, and on what they'll get paid when the project is finished, and on every single angle and detail. 100% mathematical precision when it comes to an architect, right? Henry Ford was notoriously known for never accepting no, or that can't be done, as a reasonable solution for his vision. And we all know how successful he was, right? He didn't focus on failures either. The answer was always, it is done. I see it. I envisioned it in my mind, and it is done. He just knew 
that because he could think of it, it could happen. And Napoleon Hill stated this best. He said, whatever the mind of man can conceive and believe, and that word believe is so crucial, like really believing, it can achieve. Winners hold steadfast to this philosophy, and the greatest change makers in history have achieved what others deemed impossible by doing this time and time again. I assure you, in some way, shape, or form, they are practicing this. So let's get back to my own personal real-world example. Again, I had a goal of weighing in at 173 pounds with lean muscle and very low fat index. Again, no scale or mirrors were part of the equation in my mind. I wasn't continuously looking at what was. I was looking at what is. I closed my eyes, and instead of looking in the mirror, I saw in my mind the mental picture of the version of me that was already at this level of physical fitness. I felt it. I believed it. I became it. First in the mind, and then outpicturing into physical reality. And the truth is, manifesting something into physical reality is the easy part. Getting past fear, doubt, and disbelief and really knowing what your end result is, is the hard part. So there's great power in visualization and positive affirmation when done in sincerity and determination. This process is so powerful that it can literally override physical reality. So here's the way that I practice visualization and positive affirmation in the style of the science of mind teaching, which was created by a guy named Ernest Holmes. And his book, that's kind of like a, a Bible, if you will, for lack of a better word, for Centers for Spiritual Living, was originally published in 1926. Now, even though this was early 1900s, this philosophy was way before its time. <laughs> Although its concepts are timeless and still applicable today. And even the way that he described it, it, it really was a culmination of a lot of ancient teachings. I mean, this guy studied Jesus really, really deeply and a whole host of other incredible, incredible teachers and mystics and philosophies and all of that when he developed this. So it's absolutely amazing. So here's how it goes. I mean, this has worked for me so many times, I can't even tell you how amazing it has been. So here's here's the positive affirmation or spiritual mind treatment, as we call it, at Center for Spiritual Living, that I did. Infinite creative energy is at my disposal, and God, as I choose to call it, is the power behind this creative force. That's the recognition step, just recognizing that God is all there is, basically. And then there is the pulling it in so that I'm personalizing it to myself, my individual use of mind, my individual use of God. My body is a created outpicturing of this divine energy. The mind is always creative and in continuous motion, and I make use of it now. And then I go into the actual affirmation of exactly what I want to see as if it's already there. I weigh 173 pounds. My muscles are lean, and I am in the best shape of my life right now. And as I spoke these words, my eyes were closed, and I created a mental picture of myself looking exactly as I desired to look. I felt what it feels like to be in this great shape, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. That's where your belief needs to be. It needs to really harness all of that. And that's where it's like a whole a holistic approach to prayer, right? You're, you're addressing everything and you're not pleading to some external God to, you know, to, to give you something. You're 
knowing that God provides and provides through you. So then there's a gratitude step. And that's, I am so grateful that this is my reality, that this image can be held in my mind and that creation of this body is already happening right now. And then the last step is a release. So I release these words, this emotion, this mental picture out into the universe, knowing that God and the law of creation makes it so. And so it is. Basically, when I say the law of creation, it's basically that it, it almost uses Newtonian physics in a way because anything, a body in motion stays in motion, right? So everything that is here, when you look at a physical tree or you look at water or you look at the sky or you look at the buds on the trees, you know, it just, it's, it looks like a solid object that you're looking at. Or in the case of water, it looks like a slightly flowing object, right? But it's pretty much still and stagnant and solid, even all those solids are still a bunch of molecules bouncing back and forth at a super fast rate to make it look super dense to the eye when we're observing it. So even physical matter is all moving in a buzz with energy at all times. So that's the, this law of creation that once creation starts, it continues. You can't undo that. It just continues and it creates. You can create something new inevitably. But once you start that creation of something new, if you hold steadfast to it and you stick to it and you keep that creative energy that we're, we're blessed to have with you, it becomes absolutely fantastic what happens as a result. So this is a paraphrasing of my original affirmation, which again is called the spiritual mind treatment at Centers for Spiritual Living. And I not only said the words, but I first had to believe truly in a life-affirming God and the power of creative energy, and I had to also be capable of believing that this mental picture was already true. Now, if I had doubts, let's address that, such as, like, I'm getting older and I don't have time to dedicate to this reality I wish to create, or anything else, like, my whole family is overweight, so that's just in my genetics, or I love my McDonald's cheeseburgers too much. Or my metabolism will never cooperate. I have a terrible metabolism. So if any of those things are in your mind, you can incorporate these doubts by adding two steps to your affirmation. You could say something like, thoughts of a slow metabolism and of getting old have no hold on me. And then you reaffirm what you want. I am 173 pounds of lean muscle and I feel fantastic. So this is a two-step, kind of like a dance move, right? that removes negation from what I'm trying to achieve because the universe never ever works in a zero point. So what I mean is you're either positive or negative. Anything that you can look at, you're either against or you're for it. And you can say you're neutral. That, that's fine. You can, you can say you're neutral, but that just means that you're trying not to participate in the process, right? But if you want to participate in the process, you have to either be with it or against it. And when you're against it, the universe doesn't operate in that. It, it's, the, the negative doesn't exist. There, there's no way. So you either create the opposite of what you want or you create exactly what you want. So that two-step process is to get through that if you have these doubts and you have these fears or you have this back and forth in your brain. That's the whole reason why you can't 
move forward and create it in the first place because there's something holding you back, something in the way that you need to let go of. So you let go of it and you replace it with something positive. So in this case, when you're working on an affirmation, whatever your affirmation was, you, you state the affirmation, you state the negative, and then you reaffirm the affirmation once again. So here's what you might find unbelievable about my story in this particular case. I didn't even change my diet in any big way to support weight loss, at least at first. So in fact, many nights I ate cookie dough ice cream with whipped cream, sprinkles, salted caramel, and maraschino cherries at like 10 o'clock at night. And at least once a week with my kids, I ate like three to four slices of pizza and a couple of garlic knots at least once or twice per week. Yet, despite eating these things and so much more, weight began to drop off almost immediately after stating this affirmation. Occasionally throughout the past year, I would restate this affirmation to be sure I continued holding it in my consciousness consistently. And that's something else that you really, really want to do. Uh, Ernest Holmes, that founder of, of Science of Mind that I was talking about, he, the way that he did a spiritual mind treatment is he always said, or an affirmative prayer, whichever way you want to call it, he always said to continuously state it over and over and over again in your mind until you see it manifest in 3D reality, basically. That's paraphrasing his statement, but that was what he said. There's other people within the science of mind community that will tell you to just say the treatment, say it with your feeling, emotion, intention, and all that stuff. And then when you release it, that's it. You're just letting it go. And then you just wait and you wait to see what divine inspiration comes to you. But the way I found it most effective is to, yes, do that, wait and, and allow divine inspiration to come to me. But then I would go back and restate my affirmation. And sometimes my affirmations would magnify. They would get a little more in depth. They would get a little more in detail. And that's because I was inspired as I was saying it, saying, you know what, I'm not quite detailing it exactly the way I, I want. I'm not painting that picture that the architect painted when the architect draws out his plans for a new building, right? So if I want to be very, very specific, I can continue to refine it over time. And so over the past year, I've absolutely just, even if it's in the shower, you know, I have a little stool in my shower and at the end of my shower, I'll sit down on the stool and I'll do a tiny little meditation for five minutes and I'll restate that affirmation, you know, every once in a while, just making sure that I'm continuously holding that in my consciousness. So how does this all work? How does that actually transpire and happen? So here is where it we enter into the subconscious mind. So what is the subconscious mind exactly? Well, for starters, do you have to think about digesting your food or breathing in order for these biological processes to happen? No, you absolutely don't because the subconscious mind paired with the autonomic nervous system, takes care of these processes automatically in a normal, healthy, functioning human being. So now let's look at the phrase, it's just like riding a bike. You've all heard that one, right? And we all know what it's like. We all know what it's about. Once you learn it, it can be years. And when you hop on that bike again, you instinctively know and remember how to do it. Not just with your brain, but physically as well. Your, your muscles, your cells, your bones, your body, your sense of balance, all of that stuff, you're, you're consciously aware of it because you programmed it into the subconscious mind. So years and years later, it's still there. So that's also the function of the subconscious mind. It stores memory. 
both in your brain and the cells of your body, your muscles, bones, and all, like I said. We do this all the time, right? When we learned how to drive a car, learn to walk, to speak, to learn new skills for a job we do daily. It always takes some doing with the conscious mind. But after some time, and this is different for all of us, how much time it takes for whatever situation, because we're, our, our situations, our starting points are all different. But what is held in the conscious mind becomes programmed into the subconscious mind inevitably, and the activity becomes second nature, automatic. We can perform these functions without having to engage the conscious mind at that point. The problem lies in our tendency to spend more time focusing on the negative than the positive and consistently reaffirming that into existence. So that too can be overcome with constant dedication to the opposite. You just have to be aware of your self-talk. You have to be aware of the things that are going on in your mind. So I mean, how often have you driven home from work and got into your house and thought to yourself, wow, I didn't even remember the ride. Just got here. Right? So that, that's another example. You just... And that's like going back and forth to work. It's the same trip every single day. You know, eventually your, your subconscious mind just takes over and takes the wheel. So I'm sure with these examples that you can understand how this conscious mind to subconscious programming works. It's easy, right? It's easy to understand. Yet it becomes difficult when we're holding in our subconscious mind and what we're holding in our subconscious programming is those self-defeating thoughts, like I said. Why does someone want to lose weight in the first place? Let's get into that. They look in the mirror, they feel fat, or they climb a staircase and they're out of breath and sweating profusely, or they put on clothes that used to fit and they're barely squeezing into them. So when this is your experience day in and day out, the mental picture held in the conscious mind daily is, I'm fat, it makes me sad, I need to buy new clothes, or I need to exercise more. Or you're just completely apathetic to it for a little while. Or I need to go on a diet, I need to eat healthier or eat less. And... Worst of all, I hate myself. All that self-loathing crap, right, that we get stuck in. And so we run ourselves around in circles. We avoid mirrors, maybe, or walk around with low self-esteem, a low self-esteem complex all the time. That doesn't work. Well, let me, let me say that again. It, it, it does work, but it works in accordance to reinforcing your belief that you are fat that life is harder now that you are. And so that is why you see what you see reflected back to you. And you notice and pay attention to anything that reinforces that belief, like staring in that mirror, hopping on that scale, digging through your closet, right? Just frustrating yourself over and over again. So we all have to begin somewhere though, right? Determining your destination is the first thing you need to do when you live your life to accomplish anything. And that is exactly why and what we need to do. Live our lives on purpose, with purpose, and holding steadfast to goals and goal setting. Very, very important. If you're not setting goals, you don't even know where you want to go in life. How can you ever expect to get anywhere? You have to know where you're going. So let's look at this from another similar angle. You need to go meet someone at a new restaurant in a town you've never been to before, right? You pull up your GPS and type in the address, the destination, and once you put in the destination, you begin the journey with the end in mind. The GPS then functions as your subconscious mind. The destination is set. If you follow the GPS, you'll arrive at your des desired result, right? 
So even if you veer off course, the GPS will redirect you to your final destination anyway, because that's what you put in. That's where you want to go. So this is an immutable law, and it carries forward for everything and anything in life. Us humans, setting our goals, if we keep to them, are naturally drawn forward until we reach our destination. But you have to know the destination, folks. You got to know where you're going. You got to feel it. So why then do we focus on what we don't want rather than on what we do want all the time? Because we've allowed our conscious mind to focus on something else we wanted at one time or another, and the subconscious mind went to work automatically to fulfill that desire. And eventually, we just did it as second nature. It's just the way we are, the way we live. This is who I am, right? As I've said in previous episodes, the mainstream media, of course, helps to fuel this negativity, keeping you running in the rat race, thinking about the same things, this or that, on the controlled narrative. So turning that off is a great way to reconnect with your own intuition, for starters, rather than tapping into collective consciousness. So let's think about it when it comes to body image. Let's face it, sweets and fast foods taste great. Let's say you have spent your life focused on a scenario such as this one. I work hard all day. When I get home, I'm going to sit on that couch with my French bread pizza, cooking in the toaster oven, and pull out my favorite show to binge on Netflix. After I finish eating that French bread pizza, yeah, then I'm going to go bust out that pint of Ben and Jerry's cookie dough and tear that up. Right? Does this sound familiar? I know I've been there absolutely plenty of times. And then I'm going to pass out on the couch and wake up two in the morning and stumble into bed. I deserve this. I worked hard. I had a stressful day. I'm just doing something I enjoy. This is my reward. It sounds like a great night, right? At the very least, it sounds very familiar to a lot of us. Yet when we develop this mode of thinking as a habit and repeat the scenario three days per week or so even for years, the weight starts to pack on. And in this situation, we're using our conscious mind to develop a reward system for ourselves that works for our individual daily day. Nothing wrong with that. Yet we also may come across some health nut that tells us how calories, fast foods, and processed foods make us sick and obese, and we, that grabs our attention. So then guilt sets in, and our belief system goes to work. Eating this stuff makes me fat. And that is the agreement. That's the affirmation. No fluff, just straight up. Eating this stuff makes me fat. And the body complies with just a simple command like that. It's you're, you're, You see how that, that's a, a positive affirmation? It's in the here and now. And yet even when you're not doing it, you might say it in the here and now, just just that easily. We do it so unconsciously. That's the crazy part. We don't even realize that we're always doing it. So once we get all that agreement, then the weight begins to pile on and sadness and low self-esteem takes hold even stronger. And then this enters the subconscious mind after we've constantly felt bad about this and the body puts on even more weight as the chemicals of sadness and depression reinforce this belief and purge into our body. And then lethargy and laziness follows. So we go, we go deeper and deeper into this mode, and then the body begins to become the mind. It's subconsciously programmed. It tells you what you are, rather than you telling it what to become. So do you see how pervasive a train of negative thought, feeling, and belief can be? Positive thought can be just as pervasive. 
the key is to stop giving your conscious mind over to self-defeating thoughts, to actually pay attention to what you're thinking because of how society is designed. We're usually encouraged to consume something outside of ourselves to set it all right, such as engaging in a new fat diet, an exercise program, or a magic pill that'll shed 10 pounds in a week. This is not focusing on the root cause. It's focused on trading one result for another, which in itself is not bad, but it needs a lot more than that. So it's a broken system when it's only half-assed, with no long-lasting effects, other than possibly plunging your body into more trauma and causing physical aches and pains, disease, and yo-yo weight management. However, I'm not poo-pooing on altering your diet, exercising, or engaging in healthy activities. Of course not. I mean, that's, that's awesome. All I'm saying is that it's necessary to address the root cause of negative habits and obsessions first by replacing them with life-affirming, health-affirming beliefs and ideas, or at the very least, that has to be in the back of your mind in conjunction with these new thoughts, concepts, ideas, and behaviors. Our minds are so powerful. Fixing your body image issues comes down to taking charge of your conscious mind long enough to allow your new thoughts, new feelings, and new beliefs to enter into the subconscious mind where the physical change begins to happen automatically. It starts, it's like a, it's like the trigger. It's like pulling the trigger, setting that bullet in motion. And then all of the actions you take are fueled from exactly where you want them to be coming from. And you know what your target is. So just imagine that you can do that to shed weight and optimize your health. That's what I did. And I'm telling you 100% it worked. So you program these new concepts into mind often enough that become, they become ingrained as subconscious habits through repetition, determination, and belief. So again, instead of me looking in the mirror, hopping on the scale, overhauling my diet, engaging in new exercise routines, or anything like that, at first I simply just held the image of my perfect body in mind and in my beliefs, in my emotions, in my spirit, knowing that divine law complies first. So doing so on a regular basis, my body just consistently transformed. In fact, even in the first two weeks, I shed eight pounds without any changes at all to my diet or exercise routine. Now, just like the movie The Secret, where people think that there's some weird osmosis happening, that there's just, you know, that you just sit there on the couch and dream and imagine and, and say it affirmatively and then just sit there on the couch and wait for things to happen. It's not that simple. You know, I mean, I didn't just think this into existence without working on my belief system, my emotional stability or my daily activity. The positive affirmation laid the groundwork for what I wanted to create. Then because I believe that God has the power to transform me from the inside out as it goes through me, as I believe that God goes through me, I truly believe it and everybody else on this earth for that matter. I also stayed alert to what divine inspiration guided me into to allow the transformation to continue to take place. I didn't draw my inspiration from the outside, from any outside stimulus, from any news media, any internet or anything like that. I did so through the creative energy that's available to us all. I often closed my eyes and meditated to hear the steps I needed to take to keep me on the path of my body that I was picturing in my mind. I listened for that soft, small voice beneath the surface chatter of the mind of the the crazy monkey brain that goes on to know exactly what steps I needed to take for me individually. 
And that's, that's a problem that I, I see often with most of the weight loss programs and exercise regimens out there is that they like to come at us with a one size fits all approach and an action without a belief system in place to guide you. Of course, however, some of these things work because people are convinced to believe that they absolutely do work, much like the placebo effect in drug studies. So for me, I was guided to do a few things. I'm a musician, a lead vocalist for a band called The Drunken Clams. By the way, if you're in New Jersey and you've never come out to see us, you absolutely need to come out. Even if you're visiting, come find us. We have a blast and we cover all kinds of classic rock, country, hard rock, dance, music, and anything. Anyway, it's it's quite a party. It's lots of good times. But I've been guided to remain very animated on stage. I dance, I shake my hips, I bounce around, walk out to the crowd whenever possible. And it's like three to four hours of straight cardio energy that is off the charts. I sweat, I get heated up, and I shed fat like water up there. And I'm not sitting there up on stage saying, oh, I can't wait to bounce around so I can lose weight. I'm just doing my thing, man. (laughs) And it works. So I also love to ride my mountain bike and go canoeing, run on the treadmill, and do yoga on a very regular basis. I was also inspired to do planks a few times per week to keep my core strong about, yeah, about two minutes every time. So these were inspirations that started to come to me as I was saying my positive affirmations over and over again. I was like, oh, I should go out and go ride your bike today. Or, ah, you know, we got that nice new treadmill in the basement. Go hop on that thing. Been doing this yoga for 20 years. Ah, it always makes me feel great. I always get stretched out, relaxed, feel good. All right, so... I just, I did up my exercise game a bit, you know, absolutely, but not by digging into some new fad or someone else's idea of how to do so. I did it by being inspired from within, finding things I love that I don't have to think about. I just do it like the Nike philosophy, but you know, I mean, whatever works for you, if you don't have any clue whatsoever as to what you want to eat or what you want to do to exercise that you love, you know, and you really need some inspiration from outside. By all means, go find something, but just be cautious of, you know, any types of supplements or overdoing it or feeling like that one size fits all approach applies to you, you know, and then let's say you're out of shape and you're overweight and you go into a gym and you see like four people that are super lean and they're bouncing back and forth and they're perfectly choreographed. That just reinforces your low self-esteem, your depression, your sadness, all that stuff. So you got to find something that's going to really work for you. That's going to be completely affirming for you. So for me, did I only eat ice cream and pizza every day and continue to sit on the couch up all night binging Netflix? Again, absolutely not, but not because I felt that I had to change these things, physic that I really wanted to change these things or had to, but because through meditation and affirmations, I was inspired to try new things from within. So I did also drink plant-based essential oil-infused protein shakes with blueberries and kale many times, began cooking at home with essential oils and weight-shedding herbs and spices. I cut out most red meat because, well, because I feel passionate about saving our farmland and preserving our food supply, for one. But I had also found out through researching peer-reviewed science papers, not just psychobabble bullshit out there, that most of the red meat and pork that we eat contributes to plaque buildup, obesity, cancer, and a whole host of other diseases and negative side effects. And that's been proven too many times for me to really not take heed to that warning. So I still eat plenty of protein-rich foods, including poultry and veggies as well, and fruit. And I always did that, though. So 
that wasn't hard to continue on that path either. I also avoid most processed foods for the same reasons. I've been inspired to just be mindful of how I feel after I eat certain foods. That's something you can really, really do. And feed your body what makes it feel good, nourished and healthy. For me. So each of us has different biological needs and different taste buds, different gut bacteria and things like that that crave certain things. So you have to really, you know, be conscious of these things. Um, I mean, you can go see, if, if you need to, you can consult a holistic health practitioner, such as an Ayurvedic doctor or a holistic nutritionist to uncover what diet works specifically for you. But if somebody gives you a one-size-fits-all approach and doesn't actually ask you enough questions to really know about your physicality, your illnesses, your genetics, your blood type, all of that stuff, you got to figure all that stuff out so you can really have a workable solution. But the main point here, though, is this. When I was focused before on how lethargic I felt and how I looked in the mirror and stepped on that scale daily, I felt fat, I felt out of shape, and I was getting disparaged. That wasn't inspiring at all. Once I shifted my mindset, my beliefs, and my emotions, and my conscious mind as being the reality I wanted to see, I began getting flooded with thoughts, ideas, and actions that could hold on a daily basis, that I could hold on to on a daily basis that would support the life I wanted to be living. And the body immediately began to comply, as did my beliefs, my emotional stability, my spiritual connection, my motivation, my dedication, all of it just stayed focused. So when I felt inspired to take action, I took those actions, trusting that they were divinely inspired, and I already knew what the results would be. The proof and the truth are in the results. A year ago today, I weighed 210 pounds. Today, I weigh 168 pounds. Now, at this point, I'm being inspired again right now, and this is this is what's come to me in the last couple of weeks as I started ruminating over this episode. My next steps are going to be to shred my muscles, make my six-pack visible, chisel my chest and my arms, and to measure my current body fat percentage, and then alter that, to boost myself up with seven pounds of lean muscle mass, getting back up to my goal weight of 173 pounds. So I'm going to post before, middle, and after pictures for you in six months on my Facebook page, my Cue the Coach Facebook page. And I can already see it in my mind right now. I could see exactly what that's going to look like. And so it is created. There it is. It's out there in the world. And I just need to just keep my eyes open and, and my inner eye open, really, more rather than my physical eyes. And just continue to be inspired to get to all of that. You know, and for me, like, if you can't envision yourself, I was just talking to somebody about this, um, I'm going to keep them anonymous, um, where they said, but I can't picture myself the way I want to look like, that's my problem. I can't, I can't, I can't imagine what I would look like. Like, I can't even see anybody else that looks like me. And, uh, this was a girl, you know, and I pulled up a picture of Natalie Portman, um, who's a beautiful woman. You know, she's relatively petite, but she definitely has some some big bones. And this girl, this girl felt like she she had these really big bones. And I was like, no, you're not really. And I said, I'm going to pull up these pictures of Natalie Portman. And she says, but she's so petite. She's so little. She's not big bone. They said, let me show you the pictures. So I showed her some bikini pictures of, of this girl. And 
you know, Natalie Portman is always dressed really well so that she looks like she's fitting in everything perfectly, but she's, you know, just an average looking girl. And, and, and she was very similar to the body type of this girl that I'm mentioning here. And she was like, wow, you know, okay. You know, it's, that's good to think about it that way. And I mean, I, for myself, for my body image, what I look at is uh, the movie Captain America when he is steps his scrawny little butt into this little pod and they inject him with all this stuff. And then he comes out and what he looks like when all that steam comes out and everything like that. Um, that may sound a little gay, you know, but that's okay. You know, that is totally okay, man. Hey, if you're queen in it, go, go for it. You know, do, do you, um, I, I don't have, I don't have any, any gay tendencies towards Captain America, but I will tell you that that is exactly what that body is that I want to look like is what he, what he pops out as. Um, so my pot is the subconscious mind, right? So we're, we're putting everything into the subconscious mind and we're going to wait to emerge there, but it's, it's going to happen. So I'm looking forward to showing you the whole transformation so that you can really, really understand this, you know, and, and I'm, I'm enthusiastic about this. I'm really, really excited about it. I'm really into it. And that's so incredibly important in goal setting. So get fired up. Find something to get fired up about and really make it happen. I know you can do it. Just ask me if you need some help. I'll, I'll help get you there. I'm good. I'm a good one to get people enthusiastic and to get some clarity. So, so I can tell you that for me, I'm not going to be going beyond searching the internet for new workout routines or new foods to eat or a new diet as a whole for now anyway. I'll just ramp up my bike riding, get back on the canoe in the next few weeks cut out the ice cream and coffee with sugar, maybe continue beginner style yoga three days per week, recite my affirmation of exactly what I desire to look like and feel it, believe it, all that good stuff. I'll continue rocking out on stage and sweating out toxins and fat each weekend as well. Doing that later on tonight, as a matter of fact, I'm recording this on a Saturday. So I just wanted to, to touch on something before I, for, I I kind of forgot to finish that story. I got a little ADD moment there. But so when I explained, you know, like if you can't Im imagine for yourself exactly what you want to look like, find somebody that looks similar to what you want to look like. And even if you have to, you know, grab a picture of that and put it up somewhere where you could see it every day, you just you do what you need to do to be able to envision that and to be able to get that in your mind's eye. But then put it, put your face on it, you know, put your even if, even if you have to cut out a picture of your face and put it on the head of that body, you know, whatever, whatever it takes. So, I mean, I can prove this process to you over and over again in so many areas of just my own life. You just have to believe that it can work for you. You have to examine your own daily activities while spending time in between in silence and meditation while holding your very own personal positive affirmation in mind belief and in your emotions. Follow the divine inspiration. Follow it, follow it, follow it. Do the work inside, in mind, to see the results you want to see as if they're already in existence. It's already here. You've already created it if you create the mental picture. Keep that focus until you see your ideal body manifested into physical reality. Now this is no quick fix, but it's rather a complete transformation of your personality to align your ego with your core essence so that you may be who you truly desire to be, who you're inspired to be. It's time to get out of your own way and let that true self through. When we live authentically to who we desire to be, I'm going to tell you, 
low self-esteem and negative self-talk begin to wash away, and true freedom and joy are the results. The side effects are healthier relationships, self-love, gratitude, and becoming a master goal-setter. And I didn't even need any soft music to put that over. (laughs) I want people to hear those results. I want people to hear those side effects. So take that, Big Pharma. Think about that. If you got that many side effects, figure out a new drug. (laughs) But seriously. So let's get it, baby. This shit's not just for hippies in a dream world with no action at all, dreaming, smoking pot, and dropping acid all day long. That's for amateurs, and it gets you nowhere but into a nomad life with lots of pretty colors. Might be good for an occasional excursion if you really need to just let go and and be free for a little while and not think about shit, but... So, hey, you know, I'm sure there's some happy hippies out there that are loving their life. But I hope to bring the everyday person into a new reality with these simple tools of spirit. This stuff right here is pure science, quantum physics. Quantum physics was first introduced as a science as quantum mechanics in the 1920s. The most important component to it as it relates to this topic is that what we observe changes as we observe it. There was an experiment that supports this theory called the double slit experiment, which displays that a particle of light can be observed as either a particle or a wave, depending on what the observer expects to see. Now, I'm going to include a link for a YouTube uh, clip that goes through this experiment with you, um, or you can watch Greg Braden's show, uh, Missing Links, on Gaia.com, or also on Gaia.com, there's the Mystery School Teachings with Teresa Bullard, the very first episode, she actually touches on this double-slit experiment as well. So the wind-up is that the observer effect means that as we observe something and how we observe it creates differentiating results. Multiple realities are possible depending on the choices we make. Have you ever played a video game or an RPG or like a role-playing game that allows you to make this or that choice? Depending on how you answer certain questions or what path you take, the entire game shifts based on these choices. If you play the game again and make different choices, the gameplay may be entirely different next time. So this is about as basic as quantum physics gets, that depending on each choice we make and the actions we take, the emotional reactions we have and what thoughts we hold in our mind are reality. That we project is then reflected back to us in 3D. And it's altered to whatever choice we make. However, in real life, you can't alter the events that happened in the past. You can't just redo the game and and repeat it and make just a couple different choices. But you can, however, change the way that you look at the past. As you change the way you look at anything, even the past, it changes. This is why working through childhood trauma or PTSD can be so incredibly powerful and transformative. Because even though you can't change the, the physical reality that already took place, when you change your, your emotions and the way that you think about that trauma, the way you think about that experience or those, those past experiences, then you begin to literally create new neural connections in your brain that forever change even the past. I hope that makes sense. It's, it sounds very deep and it's also very, very, very simple. So as you make changes in your life, such as physical transformations like the ones we're discussing today, you might get inspired to dig in and work through childhood trauma so that you may make forward progress. Don't ignore this call. 
Oftentimes, it's how we look at our past that creates the actions or lack of actions we take in the present moment as well. And if you're being constantly reminded to work through this stuff, it's a divine calling and you should answer it if you truly want to experience freedom, bliss, or a state of consciousness of heaven or nirvana. I truly believe that you can either experience hell or heaven right here in this moment. You don't have to wait till you're dead. We can all, we're, we're all just envisioning what it would be like to be in hell or envisioning what it would be like to be in heaven. But what if you applied that to just your simple things? What do you, what do you see that looks like heaven in your life? What do you see that looks like hell in your life? That's the only concept that we can have of all that stuff. Because right now, this, this moment is the only one that exists. That's also a very quantum physics concept, but it's absolutely true. Try experiencing the past or the future while you're right here. You can only experience it emotionally and in your thoughts. You can't experience it in physical reality again or yet. It's the future or the past. So yes, life is hard. But the only thing we'll ever know in life is our own thoughts, our own experiences, and our own choices. So have a willingness and an open mind to do the work for yourself so that you can get where your dreams, hopes, and aspirations want to take you. So, uh, all good stuff. I could talk about this stuff for days and days and days and days. I mean, I eat, live, and breathe this stuff all the time. And I used to be crazy full of anxiety, ADHD, all kinds of distractions, video games and crappy food and alcohol and tons of pot and all this other stuff. I tried. I tried really hard to just see if I just kept on chasing that next great thing that would work for me that that I would find the answers I was looking for, but it wasn't until I just shifted my own perspective and my own internal landscape that all of that just started to subconsciously program after a while. And now it's, I can't imagine living any other way, really. So thank you so much. That's it for today. Reach out to me if you need a little push in guru style, where I'll help you to find the tools only so that you can do the work to look inside and uncover your greatest gifts, your greatest strengths, and to live the life you truly desire. I can't wait to see what you can create. So I can be reached at Facebook on Q the Coach or at Q the Coach or at Q the Coach at Yahoo.com. You can send me an email. We can communicate that way. I can get you my phone number. We'll, we'll get some work done. And also, as always, if you enjoyed what you hear here, please rate this podcast or review this podcast or both would be fabulous. And wherever you're listening, share this thing far and wide with anybody else that you think might need to hear it or wants to hear it as well. Thank you for listening. Namaste. Goodbye, everyone.